Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam. And uh, as you can see, we survived... Uh, the storm. A lot worse for, for South Florida, yes, Southwest Florida especially, but here in Gainesville. And thank you for your comments. We did get some comments on YouTube from yeah. people that were... Well, hopeful uh, that we were destroyed. Yeah, it yeah. seemed like, like it. All right, the last Technado, finally. Yeah, but I know that, uh, I, I believe, Don, you have two... Uh, fiber connections coming into your house and a generator so i'm assuming like netflix never even <laughs> flickered for you you know it's funny we, we lost power for 30 minutes before the storm even made it here are you like, kidding me yeah i mean no no i'm not kidding you like somebody at gru must have been testing or, uh, yeah, <laughs> or whatever but it. uh but yeah we 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 didn't lose power at all during the storm and uh my little redundant internet connections were really handy Perfect. Yeah, I, I think I lost like two hours. You preemptively lost power. Yeah. <laughs> was that was that Wednesday morning or Thursday? Uh, that was Thursday. That was Thursday. Wednesday, oh, was it Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah, I think I lost power for about two hours in the morning, but I was still napping. Uh, and Daniel, <laughs> you, uh, from what I understand, live down near the Ocala National Forest, so I'm Correct. assuming just trees, just everywhere, and, and Dude, it you was lost a, power. I'm I'm not trying to be whatever. It was a beautiful day. Really. It was it was breezy. There was a little bit of rain for a there little while. There was less rain than I expected. And, right? It was, a, it was yeah. a nice little rain, and then the cool weather came in because all the moisture yes. got sucked out of the air. Fall yeah. is here And now. then that fall weather just showed up hard, and we took the kids for a walk. Yeah, the day before was like the 90s. That, that yes. night was like upper 50s. S- yeah, yeah Dude, 60 it was crazy. Degrees. I think it was like 60, yeah. And this is what shows like why disaster recovery planning is so important. Yeah, because like the the way they predicted the hurricane hitting ended up being largely wrong. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, yeah. it curved far. So so you might have thought that you were in a safe zone, and all of a sudden you're getting walloped, right? That's kind of yeah. what happened. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I heard people from like, Tampa that went Tampa. south. Yeah. Right, it's, uh, you know, John Cantor, or whatever his name, Cantor guy was Kim like. Cantor. Yeah. yeah, he's, we're going to, everybody in Tampa's going to die. Mm-hmm. Right, and then it didn't really kind of hit Tampa too hard. Did you yeah. see the video where he got hit by the tree? No. Oh, did awesome. he get nailed? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Few, well, few people deserve it after well, there, there are silver linings uh, <laughs> yeah. at the end of a story. I wish him no harm, but it's just funny to see people just, get yeah. hit by stuff. Do a Google search for Jim Cantori eats it, <laughs> and you'll find the video. So one, one of my one of my like you know favorite little guilty pleasures is to watch things like uh, one of the YouTube sites is called like Idiots Getting Hurt, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, there's yeah. a whole Reddit oh. subreddit from that. Yeah, it is choice. One, we got stuck in Orlando Airport one time. Waiting on luggage, yeah. and I was sitting there watching on my phone. I had like fifteen people huddled around me on my phone, <laughs> and every time something happened, the whole place would erupt, oh, and great. we would just be laughing at this moron. Good stuff. <laughs> Doing dumb things. Uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, all right. Well, we did also have a lot of news that happened, and uh, and not not storm related. So yeah, yeah. let's shift gears now and start. Uh, this first one comes to us from the adguard-vpn.com. Is that an actual VPN? Like, is this their blog? or? Yeah, this... so AdGuard is actually a, a tool that I use. Okay. Um, so their their primary product is a ad blocker and privacy you know, uh, plug-in for your browser. So if you have Chrome or Edge or whatever, you can throw it on as an extension. Yeah. Um, but they also have a VPN service because people like to use VPNs for privacy. I've heard that. Which is somewhat debatable in some cases, but... Um, so they're they're active in that space, and they reported in on this stuff with Microsoft. Yeah, and so what we've got here is browsers with built-in VPNs. The new normal? Microsoft bakes a VPN into Edge and 
turns it on. So, uh, wow, yeah, a little tickle, tickle edge there after dark. So, uh, I think we talked about this before that that they were experimenting with that with VPNs, um, built in, but uh, (laughs) this just keeps getting better the way you're saying this. Yeah, well, in college, yeah, they tried it in college (laughs) once and uh, and it worked out, and you know, just for their anniversary every year, there you go. Uh, so. What was yeah, it, Don? Jeremy? Jeremy used to say, "I'll try anything twice." Yes, the that was his thing. First time yeah, might have been I'll a try fluke. anything twice, <laughs> right? You never know. You're looking for that consistency. Yeah, <laughs> was his was his philosophy on it? All so. right. So the the turns it on comment probably needs a little clarification. Uh, a number. Uh, this is the best article. Yeah, it really is. The uh, the a number of web browsers have experimented with baking VPNs into them. But they've all had one thing in common, which is they were turned off by default. So you had to actively turn it on. You controlled when the VPN was on or off. With Microsoft Edge, they're doing testing right now. So this is not in production. It's not even in the like beta circles. It's it's in the uh, uh, the really alpha uh, ring that they do for testing. And the way it works is it automatically turns on the VPN in certain scenarios. So what it does is it looks at the website you're accessing. And if it sees that it's not a secure website, so there's no no certificate, it can't do HTTPS, it has to fall back to HTTP, then Edge will automatically kick on a VPN tunnel for that to give you security, at least on your local network. And that's the thing you have to remember is these VPNs go out to the internet and connect somewhere, and then you're still released wild on the internet while you go to wherever your destination is. So it's really just protecting you on your first hop, like hiding you from your local ISP and all that. Uh, but it does give you some protection. And there was another scenario. Uh, one of them was if there wasn't a certificate, and I forget what the other one was. Oh, if it knew that you were on a public Wi-Fi network, oh, like an unsecured nice. Wi-Fi network, it would kick in and it would do it then as well. Now, would it look if you were already on VPN? Like, let's say you you had your own company VPN or something, and I'm on a public hotspot. Would it say, "Oh, I see that you're on a public hotspot still," or would it not know that because of the VPN you have? Yeah. Or is it just looking for is this a like? Um, uh, encrypted type of wireless connection or not. So a normal VPN would run underneath the browser. So the browser would have no idea it was in a VPN, but because this is, you know, we're talking about Windows here. Uh, Windows is well aware when a yeah. VPN is up because the virtual interface is there, so it could certainly see it. I haven't been able to get my hands on it to test that scenario, but I've seen other ones where, you know, typically you don't want to layer a VPN on top of another yeah. one. Uh, but in this case, you potentially could because this VPN is operating up higher in the OSI model. Um, this one is actually built off of Cloudflare's VPN service. So it's not even Microsoft's VPN. They're just kind of partnering with Cloudflare on it. Uh, but in theory, the web browser could have a VPN tunnel running on top of an existing VPN. Uh, and I, I've seen other browsers do that with Tor, mm-hmm. where they connected to Tor and still stood up a VPN even on top of Tor. Well, that's like all those hacker movies where they're like, all right, we're tracing him back. He, he went through Dubai. <laughs> now oh, he's in Boston now. It's, well, it's that's like proxy VPNs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so here's my question. I watched uh, Daniel did a webinar last week with Ben Fink from OnDefend, mm-hmm. and they got the question. Uh, what well, the first they got a question of you know do you, do you suggest password managers? Yes, here's the ones we use. Uh, but then someone asked, can I just use the one that's built into Google Chrome? And uh, and Ben pointed out that I wouldn't. That's something that they hack a lot uh, when they're doing a pen test. So. Do we trust the VPN built into a browser any less than we would another VPN, or is there no reason why it's better or worse? So where where I always get concerned with VPNs is if you control it, right? So if 
if it's your endpoint that you're connecting to, like when you VPN into your office, yeah. right, where you control the endpoint, you know the network you're coming from, the network you're going to, and you're hiding yourself from everything in between, right? So in those scenarios, VPNs are very trustworthy. But in a scenario like this, where the VPN is actually terminating at Cloudflare, well, that means you're secure to Cloudflare, but then you're released out into the wild and you didn't build the keys. So you actually don't know how secure it is. So to me, I wouldn't trust these. Like this is not enough, but this is designed for the common person, like the average Joe. And you can make the argument that it's it's better than nothing. It's like a placebo almost, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Right. Because yes, technically it is doing something, but like security not theater. really. Yes. Yeah. I like that security theater, right? Hey, look, there's a VPN. It's on. You don't even have to touch it. We just kind of do that for you. If we ever find yourself in an HTTP environment, don't worry. We'll wrap this in a warm and fuzzy VPN sweater and you'll feel all safe and snug. Yeah. But it doesn't really do anything. It's, uh, what was the old uh, uh, w, uh, the wireless encryption? The first, not oh, WEP. even credit. WEP. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's like that, right? Yeah. Uh, where this would be useful, I suppose, is like, let's say you went to a a school or a library mm. and they were giving you filtered internet access, right? Or or you were in a country that provides not clean internet access, then you can fire up a VPN there. You're not trying necessarily to have a secure end-to-end -end communication. You're just trying to bypass the filter and make sure they don't know where you actually went. This, this would protect would you from that. Yeah. yeah. So you could go to your insurrectionist site or whatever it is you wanted to do, and, <laughs> and you'd be in good shape. It's Down funny. with the gov.gov. <laughs> I, I, uh, I realize sometimes how much I've learned from like a show like this and being, being honest because I'm not the tech guy. But yeah. over the weekend, a friend was on a flight and trying to watch uh, the Gator football game, and it was only on uh, the ESPN it's app. Good. And he's like, and the plane, they block that. And I was like, well, why don't you just do a VPN and see if you can? And he's like, what now? <laughs> like, oh man! You're like, I'm the guy now. Yeah, VPN. Yeah. I don't think I get that channel. Let me help <laughs> you yeah. with that. Yeah. Is that. ESVPN or <laughs> C-SPAN? Yeah. Uh, the Ocho. Right. Well, uh, so <laughs> the, the last question for you, Don, uh, to, and to get back to the euphemism, uh, I know they turned it on, but but can I turn it off? Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. So <laughs> just look at it. Yeah, it's just, in their yeah. test release, and so in their test release, yeah, there's there's flags you can yeah. turn all this stuff off and on. Uh, yet to be seen how so it'll be rolled out in, in production. Just take yeah. it to your Tinder profile. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> turn it right. Like off. I am out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, fantastic. Well, that's that's a fun one. Uh, let's uh, switch gears now and head over to Gizmodo for some hardware news. Uh, Goodbye, Lightning. EU officially demands big tech use USB-C by the end of 2024. And I thought they had already told Apple that to not use Lightning, and they, and they had USB-C iPhones over there. Is that not right? Uh, so they warned Apple that that um, was coming, but they do not have USB-C iPhones over there because Apple refuses to make them. Uh, now, Apple has signaled that they're willing to do it and that they might do it, but they have not actually committed to doing it. So the EU basically gave them a window of time to potentially remediate on their own. Uh, Apple, of course, did not. And so uh, by a landslide of a vote, I think the numbers are in here, it was like 600 to 15 or something. Wow. <laughs> uh, so a huge landslide. They said, look, tech companies that are making these gadgets need to standardize on a port so customers can reuse their chargers. We're generating too much e-waste for no reason. Apple was the biggest culprit because of their proprietary lightning connector that literally no other company on the entire planet uses. Mm -hmm. uh, they could, but it's pointless because you have USB-C, which is perfectly good. And even Apple uses USB-C on their iPads now which makes you wonder why are they insisting on it being on the iPhone? They just don't have a good argument for it. So the EU 
has uh, has signed it into law. That's it. By the fall of 2024, every cell phone has to use. And actually, I, this is the the part that I really want to touch on today. It's not just cell phones. Hmm. It's any in a, of a list. They've got phones, tablets, keyboards, earbuds, cameras, and any device that delivers up to 100 watts of power. Now, 100 watts of power, that that is a lot of devices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they went a step further, and this was what caught me by surprise. I didn't know they were going to do this. Uh, by spring of 2026, laptops will be covered as well. Now, a lot of laptops, like my laptop, um, yours, I, I don't know about yours, Daniel, I think yours too. What about uh, it? Have already switched to USB-C for their power adapters. So, so yes, mine is a USB-C power adapter, yes. But there are a number of companies out there, and I'm thinking like System76, where mm-hmm. they still ship with those barrel connectors. Yep. So that those now have their days numbered as well. So like, is this going to go to Wi-Fi routers and IP cameras? And- it's 100 watts. Hey, the like, Wi-Fi routers right? are already covered in this, right? Oh, yeah. They're under 100 watts. Yeah. Or should be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would think. Yeah, and they think say so. that they estimate this will save uh, 11,000 tons of e-waste annually and save consumers 250 million euros a year on buying new cables. And what I think is interesting uh, about like Apple in particular and why they would go, uh, they would want to go to this earlier is, I mean, I just bought i just bought this uh my new uh apple watch um just the other day and you know they tell you at the store oh you know it doesn't come with a brick anymore mm-hmm. to charge doesn't you know it still comes with the cable it's not gonna it they're not gonna have to ship a cable in anything anymore and and you're gonna be able to you're gonna buy a laptop and find oh i don't get a cable with mm-hmm. that uh so it's gonna save manufacturers a little bit in that sense because they don't have to put those yeah, things in I, I think apple's already figured their way around this though by saying well we want to do wi-fi charging so mm. we have a special proprietary wi-fi charger for the apple watch that's right true. you'll buy that so honestly <laughs> I, you know i'm not the huge biggest apple fan out there but i do believe they have the right to run their business the way they want to run their business and does kind of I, i'd like to get don's you know, got that poli sci uh, sure. thing going on Government overreach here, Don, with, uh, or is this just uh, for the betterment of mankind? Well, all right, so it, it depends on the country you're in, uh, right? Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, universal laws don't care yeah. what country you're in. This <laughs> yeah. is either yeah. morally good overreach? or morally I mean, bad. If we want to look at the United States of America, it's hard to think that yeah. Thomas Jefferson envisioned a world where the U.S. government would tell a company what connector it's to true. use on a device they're manufacturing, right? So you could but those argue commies over in the EU. Well, next you're going to tell me that I can only put 22 calibers <laughs> in my thing, and I want 38. And I, come on, that's the right. more, more yeah, calibers the works. better. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's hard to say. Um, my concern on this one mm. is once something like this gets signed into law, all right, it's going to push companies forward today. Mm-hmm. But there will come a point in the future where it's pushing companies backwards. Hmm. Maybe they would come up with some new connector that's even better. But it's in law that you have to use this. It's in law that you have to conform to the USB-C form factor. And we know that governments work efficiently, effectively, and smoothly and quickly on changing things. So who's responsible then for for continuing to come up with new cables? Apparently the government. Well, (laughs) I mean, the government didn't come up with USB-C, and we have, like, USB-C, you know, usb uh, version two, version three, and those kinds of things. Does that come from a private company or so, from a like a an association? So right now, well, if you take USB, right? So yeah. there, there is a committee that de- defines the standard, right? There's an IEEE standard around this yeah. connector, so they they define it and then people adopt it. Uh, now there's USB C is tricky because there's the connector, right? But then, then there's, there's all the, the various protocols. On yeah. It. yeah. So you might have Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt 4 yeah. or USB 3.2 or whatever. And there's going to be confusion there mm-hmm. because 
some of these devices will have a straight up USB-C port that is solely power and nothing else. Like it, it won't move any data. Yeah. It's just for power. Uh, and that would conform to the EU's laws. So we'll, we'll have to see how that one ends up. It could get really weird. Mm. But whoever invents the next connector, right? So maybe it's the USB group. Maybe it's somebody else, right? Maybe like Firewire came out of, uh, <laughs> that came out of Intel, didn't it? I don't remember. Yeah, somebody. I never used Firewire, so. Well, you know, uh, these connectors I wasn't come an go. audio engineer in the mid-2000s. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of it, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, as far as, like, supplying power, there have been a bunch of connectors. Yeah. Uh, like the standard D-plug you find on the back of a PC, somebody came up with that, and, and now that's it's true. a NEMA standard, and so it's locked in. I just use two copper wires. I just, <laughs> yeah. Coat hangers. I just yeah. hope, I, hope I have the right one <laughs> on the right Here we side. go, boys. Say a prayer. 50-50 <laughs> shot, and I won't know if I'm wrong. <laughs> I shocked myself on one of those. It didn't kill me. Yeah. So yeah. With a coat hanger? Uh, not, not with a coat hanger, oh, but I, I, on a power supply. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I just see Don go, what's this hole in the wall? Hey! <laughs> what is he doing? I do. Uh, so my, my mom does have a phenomenal story about when I was a kid uh, in the Philippines where I took a pair of tweezers and stuck them in a wall socket. Ooh, and power in the Philippines, at least when I was a kid, was, uh, was special. Uh -huh. um, they had to take a wooden broom to pop me off of the wall. Uh, oh wow! Because I was, so I was you holding were, you on, were I was locked up. onto yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And, like I'm not letting this go. Yeah, yeah. I did made it eight a, seconds. A, a vacuum. <laughs> I was plugging in a vacuum cleaner. I had my thumb on the on the metal as Oof. a kid, and it like, and I had to like force my hand loose. Well, I, I won't get into the blame game, but yeah. Don and I did have a moment where our cars were connected by jumper cables. <laughs> that is true. And the jumper cables I caught fire. about that. Because we had them, we had them flip backwards. Yeah. And, and I believe Don incorporated the same. Philosophy of, of uh, Don was pulling out stick. tweezers. Yeah, it, it, he, he grabbed a getting, stick off the ground. Piece of wood. <laughs> We're hitting because yeah. no one wanted to grab the flaming yeah. cables. Yes, wood is a poor conductor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just like hitting the. Cables, yeah. Good times, good times. Good stuff. Good we're stuff. still alive. We're still alive. We made it. And we're registered voters. I and can't wait to see him do it again. <laughs> our vote gentlemen. counts as much as your vote. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. Let's take a look at our next article um, from ArsTechnica.com. High severity Microsoft Exchange Zero Day under attack threatens 220,000 servers. Microsoft said it's working on an accelerated schedule to roll out a patch, meaning there is no patch yet. Uh, that is accurate. So Microsoft has validated this is a true vulnerability. It does affect every Microsoft Exchange server that's exposed to the Internet. I mean, technically, the ones that aren't exposed to the Internet are affected, too. It's just hard to get at them. Uh, but, <laughs> but it does affect them. And on a scale of 1 to 10, it's bad. Uh, it does <laughs> give remote code execution to the attackers. So that means they can do whatever the heck they want once they're in it. And it's been documented in the wild pretty heavily. So if an attacker is able to gain access to your exchange server, they can get in and then use that to leapfrog to whatever they want on your internal network. So that's that's obviously not a good thing. Um, the entry point is tied to the web services that are part of Exchange, which are kind of important in order for it to work. So we can't just shut that off. Microsoft's only mitigation they have right now are URL, URL rewrite rules, which is the equivalent of doing like a web application firewall. So if you have a WAF, then you can actually put rules in place to mitigate this and protect it. Uh, but it, it is somewhat telling that we can't just like change a registry key or whatever on Microsoft <laughs> in the uh, on the Exchange server. This one's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Good news is is that you must have um, an authenticated user for this to work for RCE. 
So there is that. There's a little little glimmer at the end of the tunnel. It's not like you're just like, oh, I'm exposed to the internet and now this is happening. Uh, they uh, they do have to have at least one user's email address and authentication to be able to make this work. But once they do, it's now I can do whatever I want. And it's funny because then they were looking at when they discovered this, they saw in the logs log files that looked vi- not just similar but uh, identical to the proxy shell. Um, vulnerability that came out last year for Exchange, and people were like, well, the the group that discovered it was like, oh, we just did patches. There's no possible way that that's what this could be, right? This log comes after the patch, therefore the patch is in place, and it can't be that. So they did a little bit more digging, and they realized it's not that this is new. Now, a cool, well, cool and uh, scary thing is, is that all the details are not being released at this point in time. The, the group that discovered it, I forget the name of them. Um, there's some Vietnamese organization, GTSC, right? They, they are the uh, entity that discovered this with their clients. They did the research on this. Really good details. If you follow the link in the Ars Technica link, or, or article that we're reading, it takes you to the, the, the technical breakdown of how this works. But after a lot of reverse engineering and red teaming and doing a lot of fancy footwork there, they figured out, okay, it is novel. It is a, um, a something serious, a new zero day that we have to look out for. They've contacted the correct people, submitted this, was verified. So, yes, it is. Now, it only affects the on-prem versions of Exchange. It doesn't – if you're running Azure Exchange, you're good, right? So, no problem. But if you're running in a hybrid situation – you're half you bad. might as well be not hybrid, right? This, you've, you've exposed your cloud now because you have an on-prem version of... So there you go. So if you can migrate into Azure Exchange, it's probably a good way to go as far as mitigation right now. But until you know, Microsoft gets a handle on this thing, you're going to have to use some of the mitigations like Don was explaining. Yeah, and and those it, it's actually not that bad. Like doing a URL rewrite rule is, is not, yeah. a, it's not a hard thing to do. The, the frustration I always have with mitigations like those is... First off, you're rushing a change into production, but you need to do it to protect from this. Yep. And then eventually a, a real patch will come out and figuring out the timing of when can I remove the rewrite rule? Do I apply the patch first? Whatever. It just creates complexity. So that's why I always hesitate to do things like that. Um, I am a huge fan of web application firewalls, though. I feel like everybody should have those. And this is another example, though, where one could actually save you a lot of trouble. Yeah. I like it. Yep. Yeah, I think Interesting part- hack, though. Yeah, yeah, and it, we've seen this a few times where there was a well-publicized exploit that was then patched, and then you find out a few months later there's a slight variation of it yeah. that still works, and that's why we keep hearing about Spectre and Meltdown, right? Because they keep finding these variations that still <laughs> yeah, work. Yeah, they named them aptly, at least Spectre anyway, right? It's like the ghost that will not die. It just keeps popping up. You're like, dang it, we keep putting mitigations in. I'm tired of hearing about this. Back, jeez. Give me my cores back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Anything from you? Yeah. So <laughs> Gmail is the way to go is yeah. what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, what? That sounds like. All right. It does sort of turn into a commercial for Office 365. Yeah, it kind of Right? Does. Like, yeah. oh, if you were on our cloud service, that you'd be fine. That wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Microsoft uh, found these exploits maybe, themselves. Maybe they're putting them in the yeah. <laughs> on purpose. Baked it right hmm. in. This hey, just became a conspiracy. Yeah, oh, do I need to play that? Wait a minute. Yeah. Put that on right That's there. Smart. Yeah. Recurring revenue. Do you That's hand me that Reynolds? At. I mean, if you think about it, there is an actual, like, a, a measurable gain. It's better than advertising, right? Right. Like, right. It, 
Hmm. And Don's like, this might not be so How? far off base. And because they don't look bad because they're like, we told you to go right. to the cloud. Right. And we know they got like some weird jinky, like, well, you know, well, dealings with the Chinese government and everything. And yeah. they say that everything kind of points to the fact that this is Chinese APT. Well, and you know, Josh Pitts over at, uh, at Okta was telling us yeah. that um, uh, misattribution, I think is what he was calling mm-hmm. it. And I was like, oh, who is she? Yeah. Uh, it, that uh, <laughs> misattribution is super easy. There she because is. Because <laughs> a lot of times they'll uh, they'll put in here like, uh, oh, it was Chinese hackers because right. it was written in Mandarin or whatever. Right, right, right. So you could be a, a U.S. Like this this could be the CIA for all yeah. we know. And That's they're like, true. oh, we'll just write it in Chinese. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. And so get, yeah. those, get those Chinese writing guys over here. Yeah. I mean, Grab that other keyboard, me, would you? Yeah. yeah. Get to work. Just do oh, something. Okay. This, <laughs> this could be we're good, paying you, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we're paying you, aren't we? This could be a good blog post. I want this now. Yeah. Why Microsoft should hack themselves. We should we should just make like a, almost like an onion blog where yeah. we make everything a conspiracy theory. Like no matter that. how mundane it is, it's, it's the CIA. And Microsoft. Yeah, and Microsoft. It's, it's gotta be yeah. it's gotta be illegal, but I'm having a hard hard time figuring out which like what would it be fraud? It'd be if fraud, you, yeah. Yeah, I think. Like wire fraud? What? For the CIA? It, it, to do no, this? no, if Microsoft like, had done Microsoft. this for themselves. To put oh, if they were doing this themselves, yeah, this would be some type of Yeah. yeah. Especially if right. people are, are hacked and have monetary loss as a right. result of it. Because and they are and they are gaining monetarily due to And you'd, you'd probably that. be violating some some Federal Trade Commission. Right. Statutes, I'd imagine. Yeah, especially with an organization as large as Microsoft yeah. and their Oh yeah, they're publicly traded. The SEC could yeah. get them, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. But if they if if Microsoft's China division does it, then <laughs> how are they supposed to know? Right. Uh, it's like five eyes, right? It's like we're like, ah, <laughs> well, we didn't spy on our people. It was Great Britain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just hand delivered it with a red, yeah. they red just, bow they around. They spotted it. them because we asked them to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did we say that out loud? Yeah. Cut the cameras. <laughs> All right, well, let's shift gears now and find out what makes no sense this week. What you talking about, Willis? All right, this one comes to us from endgadget.com. Intel and Samsung show off a fun but impractical slideable PC. Because foldable displays are so yesterday, which is funny because Samsung's the one that has that foldable yeah. phone. They're just all about like weird displays. They're, they're like, they? we want your display to go away yeah. when you're not using it. And this one it basically looks like it's uh, like you're rolling out, you know, uh, blueprints or something. Like it, yeah. it's it kind of stretches out, which is which is. I pretty thought it was cool. funny in the uh, the video they were showing it. The dude looked like he was straight up like gorilla gripping the thing to like open it. Like, it but like he's trying he was, not to look yeah. like he was. It didn't gorilla look gripping like it's smooth. It. Yeah. So I, I have a theory on that. Oh, okay, um, yeah. And and for our, for our listeners, I want to try and explain this so the listeners can understand because it really takes seeing the video. Yeah. Um, but it, it's basically a 13 inch flat panel. It looks like a, like a, a 13 inch tablet. Yeah. Right. But they pull on it to stretch it uh, horizontally, I guess, and it just gets wider. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and no, then, it's like showing more display, though. It's like and it becomes a 17 inch right. display yeah. by the time it's done. So, you know, it's really just adding a few more inches to there's jokes here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but it, it adds a few more inches. And, and so now you have a, a wider tablet that was a little more portable before, which is nice. But the reason I think he's holding it in such a weird way, which I can't really describe, but um, on the front of the tablet, it's like just his fingertips. Yeah. And you can't really see where his thumb is. And what I suspect is that the screen is curving 
and going straight back. Mm. And so I don't think he can get his thumb back there. And in all the videos, they never show the back oh, of so this. You don't ah. think it's curving into a roll? I think it's fake. Oh, no. You like, think I, it's fake? I don't think it's curving into a roll. I, so I think it's real in that it right. it's a it's it exists uh, an yeah. object in his hand. Right, but they're right. letting you believe. Well, do you it's, think it's like yes. a DLP monitor with like a, a big curved back? Well, we've seen you just can't see and it weighs seventy five pounds. At CES, and I believe it was Samsung has that that TV that that comes up from. I thought it was a roll, like that that OLED the screen. OLED. Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember the, them kind of yeah. previewing one. So this would be that's. I would assume this was the same technology, but yeah, you could be right. I I think it's either that or you know maybe it is rolling. But it's it's, it's such, such, but such maybe a it's rolling weird. into a much bigger roll. Than, but I think that's in the way, and yeah. he can't get his thumb behind it. I think it's going into gotcha. his chest. Oh, it might be. I didn't think about yeah, that. He, <laughs> like it's a maybe it's an open wound. Maybe yeah. he's actually CGI. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his name was Data. No Data Bot. <laughs> but yeah, so they they show off this device, and and again, I'm I'm armchair quarterbacking this one, but uh, it's displaying one image, and it never changes. There's no motion. There's That's no true. anything. That's on, true. It's just a still image. So yeah, how I, do I even know that this is a, a, a screen? It, it right. could be 100 percent fake. Yeah. I, you know, it's like printed on photo paper. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I, I just think I would want to see the back of this yeah. to understand where that screen is going. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah, right. Right. It didn't just appear out of thin air. And when they say like, oh, when it's 13 inches, is so much more portable. Well, not if there's a freaking roll on the back yeah. of it, the yeah. size of a soda can. Yeah, they're saying it's a. <laughs> they're saying it's a flexible plastic substrate. Yeah. It just stretches. <laughs> Whatever that means. Maybe that's why he's like monkey gripping it so hard is because it stretches. It's like uh, one of those chest stretcher things. That yeah, you used to find like, a back like of a thigh master. Yeah. Uh, now, like, oh, those things with the spring. A great yeah. delt workout. No, no, no. no. <laughs> there is a product crossover here. Stretch Armstrong. Yes, there you right? go. Right? And so they, you could ship with one of those and you stretch it out. Display stretch strong, but, or, or, or you close something. it with your thighs. Then now. <laughs> That would be near magical if it was actually stretching right. out and the computer understood how many pixels oh, it was stretching by. That like would be that, amazing. The, the, the technology behind that would be really impressive. Again, so how can we push this back to a Microsoft CIA conspiracy? That's the question. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So right. so in the in this article, it links back to them uh, showing off that that a prototype last year, and that's just photos. That's they're trying to show something that can be curvable and, and foldable in terms of a screen. Um, so this, this is a step forward in that it's a video, but you're right. We only get that brief little video. Now, was this at an in-person event? It says that Intel's innovation okay, event. So it a little bit People might've seen more than what yeah. this little 15 second clip that we get. Although that, that's true. All right. And it is an in-person event, but I'm going to play this video. I don't know if we can actually get this in our podcast or not, Yeah. but I, I didn't notice this before, but watch when he, so he, he yeah, does he his demonstration. But watch when he hands it to the other guy. He even hands it to him weird. Like weird, yeah. Uh, and it, it's like they're intentionally they trying to make sure you can't yeah. see the Look. back of this. Did you see how firmly he grabbed it right there? I did. Like, yeah, I mean, that's a Now, you can see his grip. thumb there, though. It, it, but his thumb's sticking it's like, out. Oh. Yeah, So I maybe know. he's just, like, bracing the back. I don't know. But I agree with what you're saying, Daniel, that, like, they're straining. They are really working huh. yeah. to get that thing out. Now, no, he what, seemed to have well, found like a nice groove where it got a little WD 40 in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, yeah. innovation is tough. Yeah, I get it's it. true. You know, you got to, uh, that's why they have the 24 hour gyms and Google headquarters. Yeah. But I prefer, <laughs> I prefer the conspiracy theories to that's think right. that uh, this is all fake and they're trying to distract <laughs> us from. Something. That's right. It'll make know. you buy the Microsoft phone. <laughs> I, I will say, I do appreciate that this is not a foldable. 
because I don't know if you guys have you seen the foldables in person? I, yeah, I played I with one at the store. Yeah. yeah. And the seam is just like so obvious yeah. and always there. Yeah. Like this doesn't have a seam, so at least it's got that. That yeah. we know of. Well, that's true. It's like I a mean, paper towel I've roll. It's got seams interesting. Around. It's perforated. Like, just perforated. Rip it off. <laughs> <laughs> you can give your friend a little bit of screen and it's, yeah. he's, there's some screen for you, man. You just roll some more out. Look like you're screening. Kramer had a tie that you if you got a stain on it, you ripped it off and you pulled yeah. out the next yeah. one. That's actually kind of brilliant. Yeah, same kind of thing here. Yes, yeah. there oh, we go. I smudged my screen, scratched it, rip it off. Yeah, quit trying one. to make uh, you know unscratchable screens. You just make one Disposable. that gives you more. Yeah, yeah, Throw because it, it turns out uh, we have eleven thousand tons of e-waste that we can now replace <laughs> with old screens. Yeah, with old screens. Ha ha! Take that EU. Yeah, we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, these run on USB A. Yeah, kiss it. <laughs> Suckers. We're going to waste one way or another. That's right. You can't stop me. I'm waste man. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking of conspiracy theories, let's take a break and uh, and find out who our overlords are, our corporate overlords. Uh, and we will be right back after this on TechNATO. So you've tried online IT training, but it's boring, out of date, and pricey. Well, IT Pro TV is always engaging, always fresh, and plans start at just $29 a month. It's online IT training that doesn't suck. Start today at ITPro.tv. How do IT leaders stay on top of their game? With the IT Pro TV webinar series. Twice per month, IT Pro TV presents a webinar on current topics in the IT world. What are some of the key things we should be doing in our organization to make sure that we're prepared for disasters and then... Uh, so what do you say we go ahead and get started with today's topic? How to train your end users G-Threat. So we're going to talk about some of the major things that you need to do to help keep your people safe while they're working remote. You can catch IT Pro TV webinars live or watch on demand when your schedule permits. See them all. Visit itpro.tv slash webinars today. All right, welcome back to TechNado. Yeah, we've got uh, all the fun toys back in the office now because we're <laughs> back in Don's office, and luckily the hurricane did did not come in. Did you put uh, all these, uh, all the toys and he set them outside? Up? <laughs> oh yeah, and I put plywood on the windows. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, it's all insurance. You wrote "Go away, Ian." <laughs> it's on it. Go away, Ian. Yeah. Well, yeah. he has like the Joe Boo in his in his locker. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Movie. Uh, yeah. Is that unnecessary? No, what no. was it? No, uh, um, Major League. Major, Major League. League. There yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> when he needs a chicken to sacrifice, and they got him KFC. KFC. <laughs> like, right, I'll KFC. be honest with you. If yeah. I'm Joe Boo, I'm taking I'm the happy. KFC yeah. over <laughs> like a. I don't have a real feathers on this thing. This is ready to eat. It's a lot of work sacrificing a chicken. And plus the 11 herbs and spices. Yeah. Come on. Finger looking. It is indeed. Fine. All right, well, uh, we're going to find out in these next two articles who it was that got pwned this week. Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah! Disgusting. All right, this one, I almost read, this one is from archive.org. No, this one is from the LA Times, which I'm looking at on archive.org to get around uh, the paywall. Uh, Hackers release data after LA USD, which is the Los Angeles School District? Unified Unified School District. District, uh, Refuses to pay the ransom. And did I read it right that, that they released the stuff earlier? Like they gave them a deadline and then they kind of jumped the gun a little bit? Or did so, I make that up? Uh, so what happened was they, they had a deadline, okay. 
but the school superintendent we were talking about earlier, who looks straight up out of the Sopranos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy, his suit probably costs as much as my car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he made some public comments two days before the deadline saying that it was absurd, right? That, oh, basically, we're not paying this. For, for somebody to even make a demand like this was crazy, better yet for us to pay it. And so the the hackers took that as a statement that he was not going to uh, capitulate and pay. Uh, and so they started releasing data. Now, if you've never heard... Did he make that statement from the bada bing? Yeah. <laughs> that, that would have been funny. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know... And, you know, I'm going to go on a tangent here, Please. but when I look at things like school boards yeah. and I think about how it's a, a public service yeah. provided by taxpayer dollars and servicing our students. And, and so when I, wearing a $900 suit, well, <laughs> that suit costs more than $900. He should, have, I, he should have elbow pads on. on yeah, that yeah, suit. Like that's yeah. the kind of suit I want from my superintendent. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, although uh, the Los Angeles Unified School District is like the second largest school district in the United yeah. States. So, it, all right, uh, you're going to It's be... like the mob, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> He's got enforcers, yeah. like his deans, yeah. and like the capos. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's a nice blackboard you got there. Be a shame something happened to it. <laughs> yeah, yep. shame somebody's fingernails were <laughs> to uh, run across it. <laughs> yeah, that's, and... That's my accent. He'll make them eat a school lunch or something. Yeah. 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 Finish the pizza. Yeah. It's square. Joey, make him eat that pizza. Why is the pizza rectangular? Yeah. I guess easier to cut yeah. or something. Yeah. In a fruit medley. Yeah, right. That was weird that it was always square. Yeah, these yeah. are the things well, we worry about. It fits in the box. Yeah. 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 See a circular yeah. box? Come on. Wait, you mean when the, I thought they mixed the ingredients right there? You get more pizza with a square pizza than yeah. you do with a circle pizza. Yeah, the, the, the freezer is, uh, is square. Yeah. So the pizza is square. Yeah. Well, either Either way, uh, he did make comments that it was crazy. I can't find his actual quote. He says it somewhere in there that uh, that it wasn't going to pay. And so they started leaking the data. Now, like I mentioned, this is the second largest school district in the United States of America. So it's massive. And the data that they had, uh, you know, I immediately thought like, ooh, this is going to be student data. And that that's really bad because you've got uh, California has some of the strictest child protection laws mm -hmm. for for data. Um, so this would really, really be a black eye. Uh, but it, it turns out that of the information that's been leaked so far, the majority of it seems to be tied to contractors and employees of the school district. Uh, in fact, I've yet to see confirmation anywhere of actual student data being out there. But the attackers claim to have seized over 500 gigs of data, uh, which might not sound like a lot. But when you talk about student records, it can actually be quite a bit. Yeah, because it's all basically text. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so who knows what all they're going to leak out, but it's already appearing on the dark web. And it shows where a lot of times we get these blackmail type situations where you get ransomware, it spreads across the network, and the hackers say, pay us X amount of dollars, or we're going to leak the data. Sometimes you pay them and they, they leak anyway, so it's not really worth it to pay. Uh, and really, for them, for the, for the attacker, there's no reason not to leak the data. And so that, that's what's happening right now. And uh, and students have released a statement asking, uh, "Do you have grades in that in that data? And uh, do you still have access uh, to <laughs> yeah. go in and the, you, you know, change I, that or twenty wipe, wipe that? Data? What's, what's that going to take? Because yeah. that'd be terrible if you yeah. wiped all that grade <laughs> yeah. data. Yeah, I mean, I have four point as you yeah. well know. That's everyone is <laughs> documented. I have a four Now this one did did manifest as a ransomware attack, so it followed that standard pattern. One machine gets infected and it spreads out." Uh, we haven't seen evidence yet of it being like an insider thing, but it could. When you've got a school district that big, like an insider attack is trivial. Uh, so it could be. But uh, interesting thing is they detected it and began shutting down systems. 
And when they started bringing systems back up, they hit what they refer to as tripwires, but where there were, uh, uh, what do you call it, Daniel, when like it, you gain a foothold? Um, persistence, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, so there were, there were persistence measures put in place that when they booted the machines back up, the ransomware attack just continued on. <laughs> and so it's taken them a bit to recover. They are, I mean, they're back in business now, so they, they recovered pretty quickly, but the data is out there. And once that data's out, like, there's no out. putting it back in the box, right? Yeah. So my theory is this is Prince Andrew uh, that did this because it said the papers will be published by London time on October 4th, 2022 at 12 a.m. That's what the hackers said. Mm-hmm. So clearly they're, they're in England. Well, there you go. Why else would you use huh. London time? Yeah, that's so a good question. So Prince Andrew to pay legal fees. So my, my first— Misattribution. Yeah. <laughs> my first thought was it wouldn't be unusual for uh, you know a person who's like a coder or whatever like to say GMT, GMT, GMT right? Yeah. But that same person would know to call it GMT. Right. Right. And not, not London time. London time. Yeah. That's odd. Prince Andrew wants uh, to eliminate the records of, of kids. <laughs> yeah. Or <Huh>. himself. <laughs> He's like, oh, I went to Los Angeles schools. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Again, conspiracy theories are fun, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's, I who I, that's who I blame. You make these logical leaps, and they're just. And the mm. queen found out. Yeah. And that's why and he. Yeah, you know. Uh, did what he did. Hopefully, that is not. Which I won't. Which joke. I won't say. <laughs> are we yeah. accusing <laughs> Prince Andrew? Whoa, of, whoa, no whoa, one said whoa. <laughs> I like that. You know, back up. If you Don. if you uh, want to connect the the two dots that I just placed next to each other. Yeah. That's on you. Uh, I mean, it would be a little more believable if you worked in, like, um, what was Hillary Clinton's real estate company? The Whitewater, right? <laughs> oh, so, sure. wait, well, no, the, is that right? No. Whitewater? Yeah. Yeah, the guy yeah, doesn't yeah, have a job. Yeah. I mean, he can. He has time to learn how to hack. Prince Andrew? Yeah. For no. whatever reason, now my mind is doing the SNL version of the Queen, right? <laughs> She's like, oh, yes, this is very nice. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, Prince Harry leaves. And she's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like Cockney. Yeah, it's yeah. get, all like street That's slang. Yeah. Super funny. Good times. Oh, Good goodness. Times. All right. Well, what's our what's our lesson to be learned here, Daniel? Um, well, anything? you know, do <laughs> more security better. <laughs> right? And uh, it was kind of fun. I was reading this article and, you know, they, they did a once the breach did occur, they were scrambling and they were saying, "Hey, shut off systems." And they were they were actually kind of keeping ahead of it. Unfortunately, didn't keep enough ahead of it because there was a lot of data that was exfiltrated. Ultimately, I mean, this is why you get cyber insurance. This is why you. you I mean, it might happen to you, unfortunately. And if you do, don't pay, right? Yeah. <laughs> As the mafia says, don't I, give them that money. Mm-hmm. Let the cyber insurance people take care of that for you. I, uh, <laughs> I feel bad for, uh, no, that's not the right way to say it, but um, I, I sympathize yeah. for people that work for public schools uh, yeah. and, and public universities because just by the nature of what they do, they have to let tons and mm. tons of uh, effectively strangers onto the network. And so, you know, the idea of an insider attack, like you hear about these 15-year-old hacks Twitter, 16-year-old hacks, you know, whatever company. Um, In the United States, at least, if you're under 18, the odds of you being tried as an adult are slim to none, so there's not a whole lot of penalties there. It does kind of, like, bring up the fact, and I I see this get posted and talked about a lot because, you know, my my feed is a little curated to the security space, as as you expect. But, you know, there's a lot of talk about, like, these 15, 18-year-old hackers and so on and so forth, they don't have certifications, they don't have advanced degrees, they're just smart and doing things. And why? so why aren't we emulating that 
when we're doing our security testing and we're doing where we're going against trying to do threat emulation, we don't do that. We say, Oh, don't break it. Don't do anything that might hurt the system. And I get where that comes from, but it's not really keeping you safe. Yeah. So to me, that would be probably one of the best steps we could take is to really start actually letting us test the system. Right. And if that means standing up something that's identical to it right next to it, so that we can, you know, do a one-to-one comparison. Maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. I'm not saying I got all the answers, but what I'm saying is, is like when and Ben and I were talking about this. Uh, I don't remember if it was during the webinar or before. Mm-hmm. We were just kind of discussing the idea that these companies do not want you actually doing uh, phishing campaigns. They want they they just want you to come from the outside, do a black box penetration test. We're pretty sure you're not going to be able to get in, and haha, we're secure. But that's not realistic. What's realistic is you're going to get social engineering phishing campaigns to come after you. They will be successful. And, and, that, and that's why they don't want him to do it. He was like, they know, they'll say in the meetings, I don't want you to do phishing campaigns because I know you'll get me that way. Hmm. And it's like, <laughs> and like, we want a report card with an A on it. Yeah, we don't want right. to actually that's be secure. That's exactly right. So to me, that's just kind of like, that's one of the big flaws in how we're yeah. doing cybersecurity right now yeah. is we're not doing true threat emulation and therefore you're you're wide open and you're going to get busted. So, well, speaking of getting busted, uh, the school district in LA was not the only uh, group that was hacked. Um, but in this next one, it's a little question of who actually got pwned here. So the article we have is from news.com.au. So this is out of Australia. I don't, this is this actually out of Australia? Or is this yes. Just, okay. Uh, I didn't know if that was just the article we took. Uh, alleged Optus hacker roasted by peers in anonymous forums. So uh, the the hacker basically backtracked on their ransom demand and said, oh, all right, fine, you don't have to pay that much. And and then other hackers like, you suck, bro. So I think the <laughs> hacker was the one ultimately uh, that, that was pwned in this case, uh, total noob. So uh, uh, first of all, if you can tell, it's Australia because all the people are upside down in the pictures. <laughs> oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. Anyway, reference laptop. money, they, <laughs> they give you the A equivalent. Yeah, what Australian. the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so this one's out of Australia, and, uh, and and where it is doesn't really matter, but the, the company that was hacked is Optus, which is a big uh, mobile phone carrier in mm. Australia. Uh, so they, they got hacked. Uh, details on the hack are a little bit sketchy, but an attacker was able to gain access and uh, basically seize a ton of customer data from from Optus. And they released a threat. They said they wanted one million U.S. dollars, so they did actually ask for payment in U.S. dollars, mm-hmm. uh, which is apparently one and a half million Australian dollars. Uh, it was Bill Gates, wasn't it? Uh, maybe you know, yeah. Yeah. he's he's bored. He's got time on his hands. <laughs> But uh, I don't think a million dollars would really matter to him. Yeah, he's just he's giving fun. away a lot. Yeah, that's why he backed off. He oh, good never point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Actually, yeah, it's not fun anymore. Rant. Yeah, yeah. And of course, he got called a bunch of mean names. So mm-hmm. he took his ball and went home. He's still angry about the whole pee water thing. Yeah, and the but, man boob <laughs> or the pregnant man emoji yeah. that everybody was like comparing it to. It is hysterical because he legit looks just like that. <laughs> so he wanted to be paid in Monero, which is yeah. a, a cryptocurrency I've not even heard. Yeah, of. Bill um, Gates invented it. <laughs> you know, for a while there were these uh, there were these vulnerabilities where you'd go to a web page and the web page would start mining cryptocurrency in the background just by you having the web page open. Yeah, uh, and it was always Monero. That was, like, you'll that was pay eventually because we're mining it. Yeah, yeah, that was that, that tactic. I can't. I think kind of just became not mm-hmm. uh, cost effective or just didn't really work. So people stopped doing it. But Monero's always had a bit of a, a darker side. So he wanted U.S. one million in payment, and he threatened to release 
uh, batches of data, 10,000 customer records per day for four days, unless Optus paid them a million dollars. So, uh, so their plan was to release basically 40,000 customers data over, over, over four days. Well, they did release one batch. And then afterwards, the hacker did a complete 180 and said, it was he, actually one He article. sent them $1.5 million. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> not quite. Okay. He's not that apologetic. <laughs> uh, but he did apologize. He said he was sorry. He said it's it was crazy. a bad idea to release the data and that he wasn't going to release the rest of the data. He was just going to erase it. You know, sometimes and that's you that. just make a mistake, Don. You just got to own up and say, my bad, yo. You could say that. Now, I've got a theory on this one, and my theory is... Bill Gates. This was probably a 15-year-old kid yeah. who thought this was a good idea, and I'm going to ask for a million dollars, because right. like in, uh, in Austin Powers, when right. uh, Dr. Evil's... They like, don't understand money. Million they don't understand money. Um, asked for a million bucks, thinking it was a good idea, and then now he releases the first batch, and... I imagine law enforcement or somebody is getting close to figuring out who he is. And so when they feel that pressure. Yeah, he, they, he said, quote, were too many eyes on him. Like they're going to stop looking for him now. Oh, uh, yeah. So he's he's probably regretting what he did and is like, oh, I got to back out of this somehow. And, and you know, thinks that if I just apologize and get rid of the rest of the day, it'll make it go, go away. But I I honestly believe that some of these kids that are that are pulling off the hack just don't realize they could go to jail. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, they, they will definitely try you as an adult. And even if they don't, I mean, the sanctions against cybercrime are getting pretty stiff. Mm-hmm. So if you like playing with your computer and then you hack someone and they catch you, say bye-bye to your computer, your gaming consoles, uh, your phone. Or you could get a job with the NSA. They I might, mean, it is possible. Job. I, right. saw, I, I don't s- think they advertise that way normally. It yeah, depends on how good you are at this. But, I, you know, I've yeah. seen CSI or, or NCIS where that girl was... No, no, it's Criminal Minds. She was the a hacker, and they were like, you work for us now. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works normally. Classic. Now, so. if you remember, though, like, uh, it was just a couple of years ago that there was the hacker that broke into Apple yep. and stole 90 gigs of data, and then it was popularized because he, he had all the data in a folder on his desktop label. I, I have a Red Seed shirt that says, make der hacky hack hack. Yep, hacky, yeah. hacky hack hack, yeah. right? Uh, so I just Googled that really quick to see. Uh, did he do any jail time? And the headline here is Teenage Apple Hacker Avoids Jail for Hacky Hack Hack Attack. Did he really? So here's this guy who stole 90 gigs of confidential data from Apple, released some of it, you know, tried to extort them, yeah. uh, you know, then claimed it was just goofing around yeah. or whatever, uh, avoided jail time. So how do you do that? I, well, apparently being punished for cybercrime is difficult. So if you're a, a kid and you, Try and extort somebody for a million bucks, you might not get jail time. Well, what the hell's the reason of the laws then? You, you know, uh, I mean, what, what was, hey, he so felt if bad. You, if you shot somebody, <laughs> right, they would totally, in America at least, try you as an adult, right? If you yeah. were 15 and you took someone's life, they're going to be like, yeah, you're an adult. Not that's, if you apologize. <laughs> not if you're like, I am so. Yeah. If you mean so it. Sorry. Yeah, because your parents know I mean, when you mean I it. I was just angry at the time, and I let that that heated emotion make me make a bad decision. Yeah. I am so sorry, Judge. Well, this this one, yeah, is interesting, and I and I will be curious to see if they still do I would like catch to, the person. Because I would I'm, like I'm, to see the yeah. statistical data, because just because you can yeah. pull out one person doesn't mean there aren't 10,000 more that well, are going there, to jail every time. There's a movement now, and it's a highly political one, so I yeah. don't want to get too deep into it, about equitable sentencing. Huh. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about that one, where... Uh, you know, not every crime is equal, 
And you, you hear the stories every now and then about how somebody stole a loaf of bread, but it was their third strike. And the life John, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. 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 Um, but then, you know, somebody murders Slap somebody Peter, for the first right? time, <laughs> and they get uh, parole. Yeah, the first murder. I mean, come on. First murder. Come so, on. We all get one, don't we? Yeah. So, uh, it's my first murder. Where, where it gets challenging is how do you compare, like, stealing all of the student data for the Los Angeles right. school district uh, against a murder? Like, how, how do you measure that? Yeah. Right? You know, nobody's no, no life doubt. is in danger. No doubt. So, yeah, that, that's the challenge, well, Nick, I think. Nick Cage didn't do any time for stealing the Declaration of Independence. So maybe they well, maybe they avoided jail time, but maybe yeah. they were, like, sanctioned. Maybe it was house arrest and, you know, all sorts of other things. Like, they definitely aren't probably talk, touching any computers Took anytime his Xbox. soon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And to a kid that you might as well have yeah. given him the gas chamber. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I took my PS4. Have you ever seen these videos where dads are, like, running over their game consoles with a lawnmower? Ooh. And these kids are basically ready to... Like jump off a cliff uh, because of this. So uh, you really want to get the kids. You take those game systems away. Oh, I remember it was an article. This was years ago, so I'm going to date myself. But it was on uh, creative new punishments for your children, yeah. right? Because uh, you know you're not supposed to hit your children. Yeah, that, that's that's a rule. It was this was back when the PlayStation took memory cards. And it was you erased memory. their memory cards. Oh my! Goodness. And they're like, <laughs> you imagine that would be an awesome game show if you have to bring in, like, we have to give us access. To your gaming profiles, and if you get the questions wrong, it's say goodbye to all your Fortnite loot or whatever the hell. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was talking to one of our, our guys from uh, from the UK uh, on our team, and he said that they'll play games, you know, just just drinking games and stuff. But whoever loses, the penalty will be you get uh, to take their phone and text one person, and it, it's you're not allowed to text the mom, okay? But anybody else, you could text nice anything. Game. Text the boss. Text. You know the ex-girlfriend, huh? Like yeah. Richard picks whatever you want to. Yeah. Whatever you want. To, one one like, text message. What you, well, now that would what, still be illegal. It, there's right? got to be like some yeah. some barriers around it. Is yeah. it illegal to send somebody to Richard yeah, it's, pick? That's oh, in California now. Is it? I don't know. I don't think I don't it's illegal. Do otherwise, I thought so. everywhere the indecent exposure, right? I mean, that's well, if I it's not yours, check. I need to check. Uh, it doesn't have to be. What if it's somebody else's? You're not exposing yourself. I uh, yeah, I don't know. Or you know, the guy. I have Richard. to imagine that's illegal. <laughs> you know, I have to just, contact my lawyer. It's just a bunch of pictures <laughs> of President <laughs> President Nixon. I don't yeah. know where you were going with this, yeah, but. Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, uh, we we gotta we gotta end this because <laughs> this is the longest <laughs> podcast ever, and I'm going to jail after it. <laughs> Uh, for, for, for a variety picks. of things. Uh, but I uh, want to let you know, uh, we mentioned a couple times that that webinar that uh, Daniel did with Ben Fink, Be Cyber Secure. Uh, that is in the archive now, so you can get in there and check that out very soon uh, and uh, head over to itpro.tv slash webinars to do so. Uh, also, we've got another one coming up with Daniel, All Things Cybersecurity, with Tim Medine. Medine? Mm-hmm. Medine? Who was who he with? He's with Red Siege. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the one you've been wanting he, for a while. He he is the. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's either the developer or was a part of the group that developed the Kerberosting attacks. Hmm. So he's a bit of a smart guy. That's what they say about Tim. And that is Thursday, October 20th, 2 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you register for that. Again, itpro.tv slash 
webinars is where you can do that. And then uh, head over to technado.com and you can check out all the latest episodes of, uh, of Technado and you can uh, learn more about us, send us some viewer mail, uh, let us know what you want us to talk about. You can also click the big orange button that says sponsored by IT Pro TV and you can get 30% off of your personal membership to IT Pro TV there. You can also request a team trial and see all the great features available uh, for your team and your business from IT Pro TV. So make sure to check that out. All right, guys, any closing thoughts? This was the most interesting safe for work, but just barely yeah. <laughs> podcast yeah. we've ever done. Yeah, we can justify each thing we yeah. said individually, but yeah, you put them yeah, all together yeah, and yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. inappropriate. Standards <laughs> and practices are not yeah. going to be happy. No, no. Yeah. All right, thanks so much uh, for watching and shocked you made it this far. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week right here on Technado.